Hello, and welcome to the Dr. Jocker's Functional Nutrition Podcast, the show designed to give you science-based solutions to improve your health and life. I'm Dr. David Jockers, doctor of natural medicine and creator of drjockers.com, and I'm the host of this podcast. I'm here to tell you that your body was created to heal itself, and on this show, we focus on strategies you can apply today to heal and function at your best. Thanks for spending time with me, and let's go into the show. This podcast is sponsored by our friends over at Paleo Valley. They've got an amazing organic super greens product that makes getting your greens super simple and easy. They have 23 organic superfoods in each scoop, each with their own unique benefit for boundless natural energy. And their powder is really in a class of its own. You see, most greens products contain cereal grasses and certain proteins that can cause digestive distress and inflammation as well. You see, most of them have things like wheat grass and barley grass, and those cereal grasses contain a lectin called wheat germ agglutinin or WGA, which is highly inflammatory. Certain experts believe that WGA may be as responsible for the health damaging effects of wheat as gluten. And many who are gluten sensitive also have issues with WGA. So Paleo Valley set out to produce the best, highest quality organic super greens powder without the cereal grasses. And they use only the finest, most bioavailable superfoods, helping your body absorb those valuable vitamins, minerals, antioxidants, and enzymes found in each delicious serving. There's no fillers, no indigestible ingredients, just 23 nutrient-rich organic superfoods full of the nutrients you need for a vibrant, healthy life. And it's so easy. It'll only take you 30 seconds a day. You simply add a scoop to a glass of water or milk or smoothie like coconut milk or making a smoothie or even your favorite baked goods recipe and make your day that much healthier. It's USDA organic, gluten-free, non-GMO, no fillers, no cereal grains. It is low carb, zero added sugars, no sugar alcohols or artificial sweeteners, keto-friendly, you guys are going to love this stuff. Guys, check it out at paleovalley.com forward slash jockers and use the coupon code jockers, my last name at checkout to save 15% off your order. Again, that's paleovalley.com forward slash jockers. Use the coupon code jockers at checkout to save 15% off today. On this podcast, I am being interviewed by my good friend, Dr. Peter Kahn. Dr. Peter Kahn is really a brilliant chiropractic neurologist and certified functional medicine practitioner. And he has got a neurometabolic summit that is going on right now. And you can actually register for free. Just go to the show notes here for this episode. And I will have a special link there. He's got a whole bunch of free gifts. I'm an interview. He interviewed me. Uh, of course, you know, this is the interview here that you're about to listen to on the podcast, but there's so many great experts on this topic of neurometabolic health and in this interview, I'm talking about the top strategies for metabolic flexibility and mitochondrial health. This is powerful information. I talk all about how we produce cellular energy and the importance of having metabolic flexibility, the importance of doing things to help support and optimize our mitochondria. In fact, I have a great quote in here where I say, the quality of your life is going to come down to the amount of young stress-resilient mitochondria you have in the cells of your body. 
And so I go through my top strategies for improving mitochondrial health, improving your metabolic flexibility. And you guys are going to get a lot out of that. And if you know anybody that is interested in improving their metabolic health, burning fat for fuel, having more energy and better mental clarity, better mood, better memory, less inflammation in their body, definitely share this episode with them. And if you've not left us a five-star review, now is the time to do that. When you leave a review, it helps us reach more people and impact more lives with this message. Thank you so much for doing that. For sure, check out these show notes so you can access the neurometabolic health with Dr. Khan. You can also find Dr. Khan at his website, askdrkhan.com. And let's go into the show, guys. Welcome to the Neurometabolic Summit. This is Dr. Peter Kahn, and today I am super excited to be interviewing a great friend and a colleague, Dr. David Jockers. Now, Dr. Jockers is a doctor of natural medicine and specializes in functional nutrition and natural health strategies. He's the founder of drjockers.com, a website designed to empower people with science-based solutions to improve their health. DrJockers.com has gotten over a million monthly page views and considered one of the most well-researched and easy-to-read health websites in the world. Dr. Jocker's work has been published in various public, popular media outlets, including ABC, Fox News, The Hallmark Channel, Home and Family, and The Dr. Oz Show. Dr. Jockers also hosts the popular Dr. Jockers Functional Nutrition Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me, David. Hey, thanks so much, Dr. Khan. Great to be on with you. Yes. So this summit is the Neurometabolic Summit, and there's no one that I think is more appropriate for filling in this particular topic than you. Because we're highlighting the importance between brain function and metabolism. And uh, I think it's important for the audience to first kind of hear a definition of metabolism. And for me, metabolism has upstream and downstream, right? Upstream is things, nutrient coming in, we're breaking down the food. But then downstream effect metabolism can impact more than just energy, can impact immune system function and so forth. So give us a breakdown of like what they should know about metabolism first. Well, for sure. Well, metabolism really comes down to cellular energy production. And so when I think about metabolism, kind of the first thing that comes to mind is how are we producing energy at the cellular level? And so our, our cells or within our cells, we have organelles called the mitochondria. The mitochondria are what produce the energy. They're like a furnace in the cell, you know, burning up nutrients and creating cellular energy that drives the function of the cell. And of course, you know, all the different cells based on where they're located and, and different characteristics of them, they're going to have different functions. Liver cells are going to act, in, you know, uh, to do to carry out the functions of the liver, whereas neurons are going to carry out the functions of the nervous system. And so, we have mitochondria though that are working within all of these cells, and they can break down two main energy sources: glucose. We call that sugar. We measure it as blood sugar or blood glucose, and then fatty acids. And so those are the two primary fuel sources and there's advantages to burning, you know, both of them, right? They both have their certain advantages and then there's disadvantages to burning either one of them. And at all times we're burning a certain percentage of both. So the the where where burning glucose is really um advantageous for us is that glucose is a very quick energy source. We can produce energy very very quickly from burning glucose, and we can do it without the presence of oxygen. And that's really important because there's periods of time. For example, if we're in fight or flight, if we're exercising, right, we've all been, you know, at that period of time where <clears throat> we've 
felt the lactic acid build up, right? That's a byproduct of uh, glycolysis or, or glucose metabolism if we're primarily running off of burning sugar. And that's because we didn't have enough oxygen to burn fat. So with fat, we need oxygen. With glucose, we don't. So glucose has that advantage, but there are also disadvantages. Glucose is a very dirty energy source. And what I mean by the term dirty is that when we burn sugar, we produce a lot of reactive oxygen species. We call that ROS, or another term is oxidative stress. And oxidative stress, to a small degree, is actually very beneficial for our cell because our cell will adapt and become stronger and more resilient when it faces oxidative stress. But when oxidative stress becomes overwhelming, it wears down the cellular components, it, it ages them faster, and we end up with this term what we call senescent mitochondria or senescent cells, where these cells are older, damaged from the oxidative stress, and they're not functioning properly. So we don't want to be burning sugar primarily all the time. We want to use it <clears throat> when we're in periods of time where we need high performance, right? Where we don't have as much oxygen, we need quick energy. And then for the most part throughout the day, we should be burning fat. And the advantage of burning fat is that it's a cleaner energy source, less free radical damage, less oxidative stress that takes place, but we do need oxygen and we can produce abundant energy from a fatty acid compared to you know a molecule of glucose. We produce a lot more energy with the fatty acid, but it takes longer. It's not as it's not as quick a form of energy, and we need the presence of oxygen. So there's advantages to both. So you just think about it like this. Let's say, you know, you're you're working at your desk, you're walking around your house, um, you know, you're just kind of carrying out like like basic daily tasks, and then you're sleeping most of the day, and then you work out for 45 minutes, and um, you know, during that 45 minutes, you are burning more sugar than fat. During the other 23 hours, and let's say let's say you have two stressful moments, you're driving home from work, right? And um, you know somebody cuts in front of you, boom! There for you know a minute, uh, your heart rate goes up, right? And you're burning a little bit more sugar, and then you know your child yells or something like that, right? And gets you gets you a little agitated. You're burning a little more sugar. So the other 23 hours and you know 43 minutes or whatever it is or whatever the the math comes out to, you're burning. Uh, fat, right? And then, you know, for that 47 minutes, you're burning sugar, right? Primarily. And that's kind of the way that it naturally should be. Um, however, the, the the challenge is that for many people, because of their dietary habits and their lifestyle habits and their stress levels, they are primarily burning sugar for fuel and not burning fat effectively. And then that's causing a lot of metabolic dysfunction. It's aging these mitochondria, right? And causing a lot of different uh, dysfunctional health problems. And that's the issue. So going back to the idea we're burning sugar or burning fat, there is one more kind of caveat to that. And that would be when we go longer periods of time without food. So if we go, let's say, longer period of time, like it, it was not uncommon for our ancestors to go a day or maybe multiple days without food because they didn't have refrigerators and pantries. So they had to have a good hunt or a good harvest in order to eat. And if they didn't, you know, the food was scarce. So they ate very little or nothing at all. And so our body would start burning fat. When we're not eating, we're burning primarily fat. Now we do have storage component of sugar. We call that glycogen. So we'll use that as well. 
And primarily when we look, when we think about burning the glucose or burning glycogen, when we're at rest, the, the primary organ system or the primary cells that need it are the neurons. Neurons really love to burn glucose as an energy source, and they need a certain percentage, about 50 to 75% of their energy needs to come from glucose. And they actually can't effectively burn fatty acids for fuel because fatty acids are too large to cross the blood-brain barrier. And so therefore, we can't get enough fatty acids in there for them to effectively uh, burn for fuel. So our body, when we're under when we're undergoing a fast or we just don't have enough fuel, when our insulin levels go down, we convert fatty acids into a smaller water-soluble molecule we call ketones. And you may have heard of things like the ketogenic diet, or you may have heard of, you know, supplemental ketones, where our body actually makes ketones in the liver. And these molecules actually cross through the blood-brain barrier. They get into the brain and they can be used by the mitochondria for energy and they're a great energy source. However, just the presence of ketones in the bloodstream and in the brain, it's kind of this combination of low insulin and insulin is the hormone that takes sugar, puts it into the cells. We need it when, when sugar is elevated. It also brings magnesium and other nutrients into cells. Insulin, we consider more of a building or storage hormone. When that goes down below a certain threshold and ketones go up, the ketones not only are used for energy, but they actually signal in the body our innate intelligence to do a number of different things. One of those is that it actually increases the amount of these energy producing factories, the mitochondria. And it actually, um, so, so we call that mitochondrial biogenesis. It actually also creates these mitochondria start to actually almost waste energy. We call that uncoupling, where they actually take calories and they actually create heat out of them as opposed to energy, right? And that actually is, you know, the, the, the reason why is it actually helps preserve the lifespan of the mitochondria and um, helps buffer oxidative stress. And then it also signals that these ketones are called epigenetic modulators, meaning that they actually turn on and off certain genetic expressions. So all of us, we have, you know, we have, we have, uh, we can have a genetic expression if we have the, a bad environment, for example, an environment where we have high blood sugar, high insulin, that can turn on the genetic expression of genes that are associated with chronic disease development and chronic inflammation. When ketones come up in the, in the blood, in the bloodstream and insulin goes down, we turn on a genetic expression that's associated with longevity, with anti-aging characteristics, with better cellular health. And so a lot of great benefits there. And we also turn down inflammation throughout the body and including in the brain. So we actually shut down inflammation. And there's a whole number of other benefits that we can go into if you want to when the ketones become elevated. But to kind of summarize that, we're, our, our cells are going to be either using glucose, they're going to be using fatty acids, or they're going to be using ketones as an energy source. And there's advantages of all three of those fuel sources. I just wanted to interrupt this podcast to tell you about one of my favorite supplements. It's called curcumin gold. You guys know I'm a huge advocate of turmeric, this Indian spice and the different polyphenols and compounds in there that help reduce inflammation. The most well-studied is curcumin 
curcumin has been shown to outperform your typical non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs like ibuprofen, Advil, and Tylenol in many different studies by reducing pain and inflammation without the harmful side effects. And what I love about the curcumin gold is that it contains turmeric curcumin extract. It contains vegan omega-3s made from algae, the long chain uh, omega-3 called DHA, which is so powerful for the brain, so powerful for heart health and reducing inflammation. It also has ginger oil. Those carefully selected ingredients support healthy joint function and address the root cause of inflammation within your body. Now, trust me when I say you won't find anything else on the market quite like this. In fact, my friends over at Purality Health have a patented formula that utilizes something called micell liposomal technology, which delivers nutrients directly into your bloodstream. And it's proven to be 800% more efficient than traditional supplements. Even better, it's backed by a 180-day money-back guarantee. And today, we have a 30% off coupon just for you. Visit PurityHealth.com. Use the coupon DRJ to access 30% off today. So it's all about having the right fuel sources at the right moment and what we're using predominantly. And we want to be predominantly being aerobic metabolism, burning fat, because that's an efficient fuel source, a clean energy source. Ketone could be a substitute in times of uh, low caloric states, which uh, is a genetic epigenetic modulator and can turn down inflammasomes in the brain specifically. So you mentioned some of the benefits in the brain. What are some of the benefits of ketones, let's kind of stay on ketones, in the rest of the body besides the brain? Yeah, for sure. Well, ketones throughout the rest of the body, I mean, they're going to increase the mitochondria. And so the more mitochondria you have, and really, when we think about, we try to break down the quality of your life at the cellular organelle level, the quality of your life is going to come down to the amount, so the, the amount of healthy, stress-resilient mitochondria, right? And that really is going to dictate your cellular energy, your mental capacity, your brain function, um, your ability to burn fat for fuel and to maintain lean body mass, your bone health. I mean, just really almost everything in your system is going to come down to the amount of really healthy, stress-resilient mitochondria. And so this idea of stress resilience, what does that actually mean? Well, when we think about stress, so or we think about when we're not at stress, our cells are in a state of homeostasis or balance. Think about that like your comfort zone, right? You're sitting on your couch, you just feel good, right? You're, you're comfy, you're relaxed, okay? And then, you know, all of a sudden, right, your child does something, they're screaming, you're like, oh, wow, I got to get up, right? Your, your fight or flight system goes up because they're yelling about something, um, and so now you're out of homeostasis, you're out of your comfort zone. Well, our cells have to undergo this as well. And so anything that pushes the cell out of balance or out of homeostasis and creates this sort of, you know, the cell has to adapt and either create more energy, right? Or whatever it is, right? It has to create more heat sometimes, right? There's a number of different things, more proteins in a, in a certain way to express itself. So it's adapting to its environment, but it wants to do that as quickly as possible deal with whatever the stressor is, and then get back into balance and homeostasis. So the ability of the cell to be able to go out of homeostasis, adapt to the stress, and then come back into homeostasis is really this resilience factor. 
And the better your resilience factor, the better you are. The lower your resilience factor, the more dysfunctional your body is going to be, the more symptoms you're typically going to have and the higher degree of, you know, higher risk of developing chronic disease you're going to have. So ultimately ketones are going to help the cell have better resilience, right? And better stress adaptation. They're going to help the cells become more metabolically flexible. And that's a really important term. What that means is the ability to very quickly shift from burning fat to burning sugar. Like for example, if I do need to get my heart rate up, right? Or if I, I am exercising, some people feel really fatigued really quickly when they start exercising. The more metabolically flexible you are, the less fatigue you have as you start exercising. In fact, the more energized you get. You feel good as you start exercising. You get more energy and you're really, really, really ready to attack that workout, okay? But also at the same time, you want to switch back. You want to have this flexibility to switch back from burning sugar to burning fat. So at the end of the exercise, you catch your breath, right? You're done with your workout. Your body should very pretty quickly shift back into primarily burning fat. For people that are not metabolically flexible, they may stay in sugar burning mode, right? For a longer period of time. And, you know, that, and, and then there may elevate their blood sugar and they may um, cause more insulin, right? And just create a, more inflammation, right? And not recover. The faster you get back into fat burning after the workout, the quicker you're going to recover, right? Because when we're working out, we're actually creating a lot of cell damage and we want to get into a metabolism where we can heal and repair. And so that's really more of that fat burning uh, physiology, the parasympathetic fat burning physiology, you're going to heal and you're going to repair those cells and you're going to adapt from that workout more effectively, right? So that way you can go and do it again the next day kind of thing. And so ultimately you're just going to have greater resilience, <clears throat> greater tissue healing and recovery, less inflammation in your system. So less inflammation, that means less pain, right? You're going to have lower um, levels of tissue antibodies, right? Which is really important if you're dealing with an autoimmune disease, right? It's going to help bring down antibody levels, overall inflammatory levels. It's going to help uh, support and modulate the, the immune system. We call that, you know, immune balancing, which is really the key. A lot of people will say, well, it's going to boost the immune system, but we may not necessarily want to boost it, right? We just want to balance and modulate the immune system so it's more accurate in its attack and that there's less collateral damage when uh, when our body's, you know, when our body's being affected, right? Through inflammation. So number of benefits there, all advantageous for our system. So I love this concept of resiliency and a lot of it has to do with mitochondria because the more energy production capacity you have, the more energy you have to do other things. I often say energy is the currency in the body. You know, for you to do stuff, you have to pay the workers money to do to build your house or well, the energy is that currency in your body to get your body to detox or build new tissue. New tissue. So, so resilience is really important. What are some of the ways to create resiliency? Yep. So with resilience, number of, number of different ways. One of them is a nutrition strategy we call feast famine cycling. What that means is that when we eat, we eat well. We're not trying to like count our calories. We eat till we're satiated. So there's a lot of people out there in the diet world. They're like, well, I can only eat 300 calories in this meal. Um, and I'm going to eat, you know, four or five meals a day. Okay. Or six meals a day. I'm going to snack. I'm going to graze every few hours. That actually throws off your metabolic flexibility. 
it it actually creates less metabolic flexibility and can create more metabolic dysfunction because the best strategy is actually you eat till you're satiated and then you go longer periods of time without food. When you go longer periods of time without food, it's a mild stressor on the body. What that means is that, you know, let's say you you eat food, you've got a post-absorbative period, right? Which is roughly around three hours or so. And that's where most of the nutrients from that meal are getting into your bloodstream, being utilized, metabolized, okay? And then from there, uh, after about three hours, three, four hours, depending on the size of the meal, your body goes into more of a fasted state where your insulin levels should normally go down, right? They're going to go down. Your body's going to stop storing and uh, you're you're now going to start to burn more fat for fuel. And so there's a metabolic switch that takes place when insulin goes down. And you want to train your body to be really good at making that metabolic switch. So the people that are eating six meals a day every three hours, they are actually, in a sense, I mean, it's 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 they're they're not allowing for that metabolic switch. And there may be a time and place for that if somebody is, you know, really stressed out, really they have really poor blood sugar uh, stabilization. It might be too stressful for them to go, you know, four hours, five hours without a meal. But in general, you're going to actually atrophy your your metabolic flexibility is going to atrophy that way. So it's much better to do it where we're going longer periods of time. So I always recommend consuming a really good meal with at least 30 grams of protein and roughly 20 to 30 or possibly more grams of fat, depending on how well you metabolize fat. People that don't have a gallbladder, for example, or have a sluggish bile flow, they may not be, they not feel good when they consume 30 or more grams of, of healthy fats in a meal. So they may need a little bit less. All right, but you need at least 30 grams of protein when you do eat in order to feel satiated and to keep your blood sugar more balanced. We also want to stay away from any sort of ultra processed foods as well as, you know, processed sugar and grains and things like that and really consuming a blood sugar stabilizing diet. And then I recommend consuming two to three meals a day. Okay. And ideally in something like an eight to 10 hour eating window, meaning we're going to fast for 14 hours, 14 to 16 hours overnight. So let's say you finish dinner by 7 PM, you fast until 9 AM, right? Somewhere between let's say nine and 11 AM the next day. And then you consume your first meal. Okay. And that's a great place to start. Somebody that perhaps is more metabolically flexible like myself. I like to eat my meals typically in like a five or six hour eating window. I'm usually eating between somewhere between one and three is my first meal. And then usually my last meal is somewhere between 5.30 and 7.30, right? And so it's roughly like a five to six hour eating window. I'm usually eating two meals a day. Sometimes I have a little bit of protein in between that uh, if I got a really intense workout or something like that. But I'm eating till I'm satiated. So my meals are, are have, you know, they're dense in calories, lots of protein in there, healthy fats, meeting till I'm satiated. And, uh, and, that, and that way I feel good. And so my body gets really good at burning fat when I'm not consuming food after that post-absorbative period. This podcast is sponsored by Liver Health Formula from Pure Health Research. For anyone looking to ignite their fat-burning metabolism, boost their energy, and transform how they look and feel, they must start taking care of their liver. Your liver is your body's master detoxifier. It performs over 500 key functions in your body every single day. 
It's responsible for cleansing and removing thousands of harmful toxins, man-made chemicals, alcohol, and dangerous food additives and preservatives. And after decades of wear and tear, our livers slow down and they become sluggish. And this is why so many of us struggle with weight gain and feeling tired all the time. Fortunately, there's a simple all natural solution that I recommend. It's called Liver Health Formula. Liver Health Formula contains 12 powerful botanicals clinically proven to recharge and protect your liver at the cellular level. It helps restore your liver's detoxifying abilities. It boosts your energy levels and can kick your natural metabolism into high gear. It also works remarkably well to fight fatty liver, which is a silent epidemic affecting 100 million Americans. And right now, as a listener of our show, you can try Liver Health Formula completely risk-free and receive five free gifts when you order today. First, you're going to receive a free 30-day supply of nano-powered omega-3. This powerful blend of omega-3 fatty acids supports a healthy heart and brain with four times better absorption thanks to this special nano delivery system. You're also getting four free eBooks to support every aspect of your health and longevity, regardless of age. Just go to getliverhelp.com forward slash jockers or call toll free at 800-282-1757 to claim your risk-free supply of liver health formula and all five bonus gifts. That's get liver help so g-e-t-l-i-v-e-r-h-e-l-p.com forward slash jockers or call 800-282-1757 you're covered by their 365 day money back guarantee so you have nothing to risk but supplies are limited so go head over to getliverhelp.com forward slash jockers or call toll free at 800-282-1757 now to order liver health formula and claim your five free bonus gifts while you still can. That's getliverhelp.com forward slash jockers or call 800-282-1757. Now we can stack another strategy there as well where we add in exercise and particularly exercise in a fasted state. So for example, today, right, as we're doing this interview, it's 1130. I'm going to work out probably around uh, 1230 today. And I'm going to do an intense workout for about 30 to 35 minutes or so. And I haven't eaten since seven o'clock, you know, I finished dinner uh, by seven o'clock last night. So, you know, I'll have fasted for over 18 or roughly about 18 hours or so when I'm doing that workout. So my body's in fat burning mode. Now it has to switch to becoming anaerobic, right? And burning sugar really effectively during that workout. And then right after that workout, I usually wait about 20 minutes or so. And now I'm getting back into fat burning mode and then I'm going to consume a meal, right? And so my body's going through this metabolic switch, this kind of stress or this hormetic stress that challenges it to have to adapt and get better at burning fat and burning sugar. And the, the again, the time period between switching there I get really metabolically flexible doing this, all right? So there's great benefit there. And then another strategy, and in fact, I did this this morning, is actually exposing your body to either extreme heat or extreme cold. So you can actually add in this hormetic stress of temperature change, 
So where does temperature change come in? Like, for example, I did a, a shower this morning and the last minute of my shower, I went cold. Okay, now it's it's like four, you know, 35, 40 degrees outside out here. We have frost all over our, you know, grass and everything. And so most people would say, well, you got to be careful, bundle up, right? You know what I mean? And 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 you got to be careful in the cold. But actually getting short-term cold exposure, I actually went out this morning too uh, with a t-shirt and shorts on and stood with my feet in the, in the frost. Right. And just breathe, stretched, right. Walked around a little bit for, I don't know, five minutes or so, right. Grounded my body, got that cold exposure. And it was like, I felt awake and alive. Right. And then later on, like two hours later, I did a, a shower and I finished it with the cold water. So that cold exposure challenges my mitochondria now to produce heat more effectively. And it tells my body, okay, I need more mitochondria in my um, heat or my, I guess you could say my, my thermal regulating tissue, right? Which a big part of your thermal regulation is your fat tissue. So your body, you have this kind of fat we call, uh, we have white fat and we have beige fat and we have brown fat. Brown fat is actually fat tissue that has, it's rich in mitochondria. White adipose tissue does not provide as much of a kind of a heating or a thermal effect, doesn't have as much mitochondria. Beige fat is kind of the key in between, right? Beige fat can change. It can become more white or more brown depending on the environmental stimuli. If you're doing intense exercise, it's going to become more brown. If you're getting cold exposure, you're going to create more of this. You're going to, you're going to convert the beige into more brown fat. That brown fat's more metabolically active and less inflammatory. We know that fat tissue itself acts as an endocrine organ, right? Meaning that, you know, we used to think it was just storing calories and that is an important component of fat tissue, but it also acts as, you know, it can, it has a heating component, a thermal component, but then also it releases hormones, um, what we call these adipokines like leptin and and adiponectin and things like that, that have to do with regulating metabolism and your satiety level. And then also inflammation plays a big role with, in, with uh, inflammatory cytokines and things like that. And so we know that the more white or visceral fat that you have, right? Fat around your organs and things like that, the more inflammation you're going to produce, right? Now we all need some of that white fat. That's, that plays an important component. But we want to convert this beige fat, not into white, but into brown fat, right? When converted into brown fat, it's going to bring down inflammation. It's going to improve insulin sensitivity. It's going to improve fat burning, leptin sensitivity. So we feel satiated. We're going to get a lot of great benefits there. And so cold exposure will help that conversion. Cold exposure also helps release something called cold shock proteins, which these cold shock proteins go in and they break down older damaged mitochondria, older damaged cells and cellular components. And then they help with this whole process we call autophagy or mitophagy, where the body now takes and actually takes all the raw materials and creates new healthy mitochondria, right? New healthy stress-resilient mitochondria, new healthy stress-resilient cells. So it helps with that whole process as well. And then we can do the flip. We can actually get heat exposure, right? So you've heard of things like infrared saunas or steam saunas, right? This is a heat stress that you put on your body, or you can just go out in a summer day. I mean, you live in Arizona, right? So it's like, it can go out any, any, you know, any time of the year. Well, winter is probably really nice for you, but, um, you know, go out in the summer, hundred degrees, hundred plus degrees, 
right out here in the Southeast where I'm at, we get this massive humidity. Okay. That stressor on your system challenges your body. Okay. And um, we'll create again, mitochondrial biogenesis, mitophagy, things like that. Um, you know, saunas, amazing health benefits. Uh, you know, there's research out that shows that if you use a sauna roughly somewhere around an hour, hour and a half uh, a week, it's usually like three or four sessions of 20 to 30 minutes, right? At a, at a pretty good temperature, depending on, you know, a steam sauna, you'll get the temperature up hotter than an infrared sauna. Okay. Most of the research is done on steam, the steam type saunas, okay. Over in uh, like Finland and things like that. But I, I mean, it's like a huge reduction overall mortality, longevity that takes place. I don't know the exact statistics, but um, you know, they've been studying people that do saunas regularly and have tremendous anti-aging characteristics, lower rates of heart disease, cancer, uh, all cause, you know, mortality, chronic inflammation. And that's again, these heat shock proteins, the sweat itself, just activating sweat helps pull toxins out of your system, right? That's one of our eliminatory channels. But I think the great benefit is not even the sweating, although that is a great benefit. I think the biggest benefit they get is this activation of heat shock proteins and the stress resiliency that's built through the mitochondria because they're facing this extreme temperature change. So those are a couple strategies, you know, exercise, intermittent fasting, you know, lengthening that period of time between meals, <clears throat> and then also um, changing the temperatures, really powerful strategies. Well, not only are they powerful strategies, they're also very accessible to most people, right? You can, uh, the, the steam sauna, just move to, you know, Florida, you know, you want a dry sauna, move to Arizona, exercise, very accessible, intermittent fasting, very accessible. So these are very practical strategies that can have a huge impact on our metabolism and nowhere is it going to be, you know, as huge of an impact as it is on brain. The brain is one of the most mitochondria dense tissues and brain function requires very steady deliver of delivery of fuel. So I think hacking and optimizing for metabolism and energy production and mitochondria function benefits not only brain, but every single cell in the body. So thank you for sharing with us such important uh, ideas. So what can our audience, where can they go to find out more about your work? For sure. Well, thanks so much for the opportunity, Dr. Khan. And you can find me at drjockers.com. That's where my articles, best health content in the world is. You can also find me on YouTube if you're looking for videos or my podcast, Dr. Jockers functional nutrition podcast as well. And of course, I'm on social media, Instagram, and all those different channels. I'm going to encourage the audience to look up Dr. Jockers. If you haven't seen his work already, he's got tons of very user-friendly, great user experience on the, the blogs and all of his content, very digestible. So uh, visit Dr. Jocker on all of his uh, uh, online presence. Thank you so much, David, for this great interview. Well, that's all for this show. And I want to thank you again for spending your valuable time with me today. And if there was something you heard in this interview that you have questions on or you want to dive into deeper, then drjockers.com is the best place to go. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider taking just a quick moment and giving us a great review. Your reviews help us influence more people and transform more lives. And if you took something valuable away from this episode, then please share it with someone in your life you know it can help. 
We'll see you soon on a future podcast. Be blessed, everybody.